Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates and ready to go. OutKick 360 is back. Thursday edition. Just like that, Thursday's here. Weekend on the horizon. And we have a great show planned. NFL discussion about to happen college football and SEC talk with Trey Wallace. Armando Salguero brings us news and notes from across the league. Uh, both Trey and Armando with OutKick, and they'll join us today on 360. 6th and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Gentlemen, good morning. I am good ready, afternoon. ready to go. It's uh, It was it's an early morning. morning for you, Hutton. So, uh, well, same for you. Still in, the, still in the morning uh, mode. I say that uh, more often than I... Like when you say good afternoon, I, I feel like I should correct you to say morning. And I'm when, I'm the first, when I'm the first person uh, awake on any given day, really, it's uh, well, that should make it feel more like you afternoon. Sh- it's a big morning. You <laughs> sure, you're, time you sure you're up before me this morning? <laughs> no, I'm saying my, under my roof. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's a big day. Um, um, you beat the dog, even? It's, yeah, uh, well, that's not hard. Uh, Brody, uh, Brody can sleep. It's it's late afternoon, but we hope to bring a morning energy <laughs> to the show today. To where we right. really, you know, we're the I, the old morning zoo. Yeah, let's just really get the energy up on today's show. Man, That's that, what we're trying to do. They, so I, I went out to uh, training camp. Paul was out there. Stay. Chad came in early, and we have a conversation. He has a conversation with Bobby Lashley. SummerSlam in town uh, this Saturday in uh, Nashville, in Music City, and uh, he will join us. Former, uh, was he a army cadet? He was a sergeant. He was a sergeant. Yeah, he reached the rank of sergeant. And the then um, went into pro wrestling, went to MMA, back to pro wrestling. Bobby Lashley on the show in about an hour. Looking forward to that. We mentioned Trey and Armando uh, always bring uh, the top news from SEC and NFL uh, headlines. So uh, going to be a lot of fun today. Um Rick Flair was a blast today. He was out at uh, Titans training camp. And it never, like, every time I see him in a setting, he, I don't know if he's ever been in a room where someone doesn't know who he is. Um, or if you just walk into any room right now and ask, have you heard of Rick Flair? The answer is yes. And he's in his 70s. My grandfather um, on my dad's side grew up loving the guy. And uh, that was his era. And then every generation, uh, even right now, you've got NFL players wanting to take pictures with the guy because you've got rappers naming songs after him. He's hanging out with Rick Ross in South Beach. Um, and he has his final match in Nashville on Sunday. He was in town at Titans practice. Good share of the Titans were very fired up to see him. And any time, I mean, it's only second day of camp, right? But it'd yeah. be better if he was in the middle of camp. But anything that breaks up, What's going to be a monotonous camp You're right. uh, is good, and he'll he'll rate right there with uh, visits from the Bucks and the Cards in terms of something that was was different. They played his you entrance know. music whenever he 
yeah. walked out on the field to give his speech. Yeah, well there's done. been uh, you know older things. I'm not calling him a thing. He is a human being. But <laughs> older things that have been adopted by uh, the hip-hop community. I think of like the movie Scarface and his reference in a lot of songs. Ric Flair is one of those older things that's referenced in a lot of hip-hop culture. Yeah. So uh, I, I can't think in the wrestling world, in terms of just name recognition today, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. I mean, who's who's next? He did not like Derrick Henry at Alabama, uh, and he <laughs> did not expect this career out of Derrick Henry in the NFL, but Derrick Henry is now his favorite NFL player, he said. I love that Ric Flair just has an answer to everything. everything. He just goes in depth. You know, I didn't really like I didn't like his film coming out of Alabama. I didn't think it was going to last, <laughs> but he just goes right into it. If you ask him a question about Derrick Henry, I love that. Uh, we will hit uh, all of the training camp headlines over the next three hours. There's plenty to get to. The first big injury uh, has hit practice uh, uh, in Tampa Bay bad. where uh, Jensen, their starting center, was uh, carted off the field today. Surrounded Ryan by his teammates. Um, doesn't sound good, and uh, that's a key cog in the operation there, Ryan Jensen. So um, you hope the best, but doesn't doesn't sound good. No. And that, that's a that's the front line for Tom Brady and the protection and all the calls that the line's making. Brady's making adjustments. You need the veteran center in the mix there. And uh, Jensen has been a uh, a fixture on the offensive front even prior to Brady getting there. And Ali Marpet retired during yeah. the offseason, so they've got some turnover, uh, potentially more than they wanted uh, or expected. Um, uh, impromptu presser from Kyler Murray. Um, the quarterbacks are speaking once a week now, right? Mandatory? Pretty much, or maybe Roughly. once every five days. So, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, did he speak yesterday and today? Because he just signed the contract, so I'm trying to figure out if, if how impromptu it really was. But he made a point from the jump to uh, discuss the contract. We're going we're gonna to hear that in just a moment. But this has been, this has taken over the discussion. While everyone waits on Deshaun Watson and the suspension news to come down, attention has turned to Kyler Murray based on the four-hour study clause within the contract. Study. Independent In, study. Independent That's study. That's all the rage now, independent study. <laughs> on your own as a starting quarterback. independent studies major. Yeah. Maybe he once was in college. So if you are just randomly tuned in to one of our great radio partners right now and you haven't heard... Uh, so the, Murray has the contract extension with the Arizona Cardinals. And within that is a clause that he must study on his own at least four hours a week to prepare for the upcoming game. And that has turned into wildfire in discussion over the last 24 to 48 hours. And Murray took to the podium in front of the Arizona media today and said this. To think that... I can accomplish everything that I've accomplished in my career um, and not be a student of the game and not, um, not, not have that passion and not, not take this serious is, is almost, it's disrespectful and it's, it's, almost, it's, it's almost a joke. Here's what he said seven months ago to the New York Times. I think I was blessed with the cognitive skills to just go out there and just see it before it happens. I'm not one of those guys that's just going to sit there and kill myself watching film I don't sit there for 24 hours and break down this team and that team and watch every game because in my head, I see so much. 
So look, you're being very defensive for a guy that was pretty flip about your need to really dive in before. And you just signed a contract that has a page in it where you agreed to something. Andrew Brandt, a former agent and a former executive with the Green Bay Packers, who's done contracts on both sides, said he's never seen in 30 years a thing where you're contractually bound to do four hours of independent study a week that can be monitored by the team through iPads that they control, which is, is for all intents and purposes, presumed for every other quarterback in the league. Four hours, I would say, Hut, for a lot of quarterbacks, a lot more than four oh, hours. Oh, I mean, this is uh, it's ridiculous that it's four hours. I mean, I don't think people realize just how little that is in the grand scheme Most of quarterbacks – are at the facility on Tuesday, which is an off day, getting a game plan, uh, first off, having a voice in the game plan, secondly, getting it, quote-unquote, hot off the presses to go home Tuesday night, which is an off night. Sometimes I get in some stuff Monday night, but Tuesday night, which is an off night, to get a head start so that when the coaches are installing it on Wednesday, they're part of the installation because they already know. They already know it. In the you can't just you can't just make this stuff up department. Kyler Murray delivered that address to the media while wearing a shirt that said "Easy Money." On it. <laughs> That's great. That's like this uh, is just like Josh Reynolds. Yeah, what, what was, was he wearing? Shirt? What 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 do you have on his shirt uh, when he was some talking about? Shirt. It's uh, talking about a conflicting it. message. Yeah. he's talking about how hard he's worked his entire career and how dare you ever question anything that I've done. And then he's wearing a shirt that says "Easy" and the "S" is a money is a dollar symbol. Uh, and easy. Look, I, I get what he's saying. I mean, you're not going to reach that level without some some work ethic to be a starting quarterback that's had any success in the NFL. And I do think a lot of it does. It comes naturally to him, and I'm sure there's preparation involved. This is where the Arizona Cardinals could really help him out by saying something, I- anything. Well, if they came out and just said Kingsbury, ran this from isn't him. said this he isn't, had nothing to do. With I know that Kingsbury did, but Kingsbury could easily run from it because he said, "I don't do the contracts." I don't work with that. I, I was just sitting there praying that they would get it done. Kingsbury. I don't sign the contracts. But even if the Cardinals wanted to leak something out to the media and say, look, this has nothing to do with Kyler Murray. We're just now putting this in any quarterback contract moving forward. It's got nothing to do with his history. If they wanted to say anything to attempt to let him off the hook, there are multiple ways they could do that. They don't have to call a big press conference and do it. They could text Adam Schefter or any other contact, and say this is our side of this contract and why it's in there. And yes, it is something of a rarity right now, like Andrew Brent said, for contracts in the NFL, but we want to make this the standard for quarterback contracts moving forward with some of this language when we sign quarterbacks with this organization. There's a lot of ways, guys, they could frame this to help out Kyler Murray. They may not care. They're probably sitting back thinking this is all going to go away soon, which as we know... In this news cycle, probably will. But if he struggles, it's probably not going to go away. This is probably something that's going to creep back up during the season. Well, also, though, there is a bit of overreaction to all this. Um, The guy that took the podium today that apparently doesn't study is the first athlete in history to be a first-round pick in both the Major League Baseball and NFL draft. He did both. Um, He won a Heisman Trophy. Threw for nearly 5,000 yards that season. Um, the media that's criticizing him now wanted to go ahead and give him the MVP trophy seven weeks into the season last year. That's how good he was. 
So the the oh. idea that he's Jamarcus Russell or Johnny Manziel, well, he is what not. If he's, that's uh, okay, what if he's Vince Young? Vince well, Young won a Heisman Trophy. He was a great player at Texas. I think he went to two Pro Bowls early on. He was terrible in the playoffs. Explain I, to me where Kyler Murray's different from Vince Young right now through this point of their career. I agree with you. It's the being exaggerated. It's being exaggerated well, that, that he's Jamarcus Russell. I agree with you absolutely. But, but the nobody, team extended him gets, with a very odd clause yes. in it about four hours of independent study. I what agree. Talking about. But nobody but the, awards an MVP but, but, award but after seven weeks of no, the season. His full body guys, work was insufficient. Please. I, I spend four hours every two nights preparing for a show. Like, four hours, like the idea that four hours of film study is going to make some sort of difference in the Arizona well, Cardinals season is. is ridiculous to me. This is like bare minimum effort for a guy that clearly, based on how they can track these iPads that they send home with, I say iPads, they're like the Microsoft whatever, um, they're tracking screen time. And they, the, it, the guy it, clearly never turned it on. And he would have done that from training camp last year, the training camp prior, to the final stretch of the season last year. And this all goes back to what I just said. The Cardinals could easily help him out by saying, he studies way more than this during the week. That is a bare minimum thing that we're just now putting into contracts. It says nothing about his work ethic. They could easily make this go away with one text message to a major NFL newsmaker where they state their side of it. So two thing, there's only two things odd to me about this because they paid him the big money. They clearly believe in him. They clearly believe in his work ethic and everything else. Then why the clause? This is like a few good men. Why the two orders? Why the clause put in there that's very rare and unique? And then why not just come out now after it gets this media dust up going and just say, instead of having him go up there and defend himself and say all this stuff about don't question my work ethic, it's disrespectful, just release it through a source and say, guys, nothing to see here. This is going to be standard practice moving forward for that. And he, he studies way more than this. They've bungled it, I think. They've bungled it. I don't buy that they're completely confident in it. I think teams give deals too often to a guy that's a wishful thing, trying to get ahead of it, rooting for him to have a big season, but not confident that he will. Well, I don't, I don't know why, though, Paul, if you're the Cardinals – that you would sign a guy to make this commitment to him and then let it get out there about this clause and not defend it, not defend well, him at all. Because well, he is now your guy. They're not the most guy. functional organization but I'm in the saying league. They've he, gotten better. He is your guy now, so you should well, do everything you can to their, protect him. He's their guy on a Derek Carr contract is what it's he is. It's three years. It's a three-year, $105 million guarantee on whatever this ends up being, 200 and something right. total. Um, so he's not going to see the end of the deal. And uh, quite frankly, Kingsbury may not either, but they just extended him and the general manager through 2027, I believe. Was they're the doing year. a lot of hopeful spending. But they're, they're also, uh, they could end up looking really good if they end up doing the spending now instead of spending more later, which is what a lot of teams just sit back and wait and wait on the extra year. And normally, if you wait, you normally lose the player or you're spending more 12 months from now than what you would be spending at the present time. It's all about if he's good or not. It's a so roll of the it, dice. It's just, uh, again, I, I'm not saying that I have any answers on this or that I, I know the definitive reason for all of it. It's just very odd to me that we're, we're sitting here in Nashville with a franchise that is very, typically, they don't say a lot, but you would think with their head coach in Mike Vrabel and John Robinson, very no-nonsense, old-school, do-your-job, Show up, no excuses, guys. 
And they sat there and made excuses for their number one pick about not being in shape for a while. They did that to protect him. I understand why they're doing it. They don't want to break a guy's confidence right away because he made a mistake by not showing up immediately in shape. He got himself in shape, came back to camp. He'll be ready for the season. Great. But they went out of their way as an organization to protect a first-round wide receiver. Then why, oh, why are the Cardinals just sitting back and letting everyone speculate about this clause that they, that they first, they put in the contract, and second, they're, now they're not saying anything to defend their guy. Instead, they're putting him up there well, to podium kind of putting it for him to defend him. himself. They're kind of putting it. We gave you the money. You defend yourself on the clause. Go out and perform. It's not the best way of operation, but that's what they're doing. Again, part of me's thinking, well, I, I, I like the honesty we signed him and hung of being him out to silent, <laughs> putting it in there and saying, you can read into it as you want, <laughs> as to what we think about his and independent study habits. But, and you like, answer for it, Kyler. The, the idea that four hours is making a – like that – I, you spend, I we spend more time in our cars on every given week than what Kyler sure. Murray has to guarantee the team he'll spend studying. Well, I don't well, think, that I don't, I don't mean, hear, that's a bare minimum, and they have that's, to contractualize it. I don't hear many people coming out and saying that four hours is going to be the difference between success and failure. It, to me, it's way more about the message it sends to everyone that they felt it necessary to include a, a measly baseline. four hours baseline in a contract that's not in many other contracts that we know of, if any. That's out there. So why the need? It was only newsworthy because, because it's it's different. Well, because it's they're, not track, put in there a lot. they're tracking what, that device that he takes home with him that he never apparently turned on. I mean that yeah. that's that's what that comes down to. But I mean they'll they'll settle for four when they should need six, eight, twelve. That's that that's a bad sign to me. But that that they, they, they I mean like to they, me they're to settling me, for four like. He's he's really good without doing anything, quite frankly. Sometimes, and whenever he you know turns on this, he said that you know he doesn't. I mean, he, his father is a quarterback coach and makes a living doing that in North Texas. And Kyler Murray was running an offense at nine years old that was four wide with four wide receivers. So this idea that he you know didn't grow up studying the game. I mean, he grew up with a coach. So the the whole thing about how he just shows up and plays like it's street ball, I don't find that to be the case either. Um, but the, the four-hour thing, I mean, literally they could have said in the, in the same text, and just insert text here on the contract, please turn on your device four times a week instead of four hours a day, and you'll get that done. We spent more time on HR tests for Fox than what he is having to do studying for an NFL defense per week. Money makes, you, money makes you more of what you are. And I think they have fears about what he is. Well, the, the, their biggest fear was losing him. Otherwise, they wouldn't sign him now. They didn't think he was going to play the season on the current deal, apparently. It's just very sign weird because I feel like they could just make this go away if they wanted to. Well, And, and they're they, not. I mean, they could, they could easily leak some story out and just say, this is why we did it. It's nothing personal with him. We've got these tracking devices now. We're going to do it with a lot of people. He's fine. He I prepares. Wouldn't I wouldn't buy it, would you? But, I mean, at least they're well, just no not they're letting – I mean, it's, it's no better one than saying nothing. anything until the clause news came right. out. Right, yeah. All right. Th- that's, when the sto- that's when the story came but my, out. My thing is, like, it, the clause isn't going to make a difference one way or the other. If you're committing to him for $100 million in the short term, that when I say they, I'm, 
Kime and Kingsbury are married to Kyler Murray. Absolutely. So it's either you're in or you're out. There's none of this, oh, we need you to study more. Oh, by the way, though, here's the hundred million during the era of you not studying for everything you did for the franchise. Well, while you're in, you could ask him to change going forward. We're giving you a hundred million dollar contract for what we expect you to do, and what we expect you to do is have better study habits. But if you're, and what you're I'm saying, saying they're not all in, season. that looks that's worse on the Cardinals well, than what it is. I think Murray. it's bad on the Cardinals. What I'm saying is they are in with their financial commitment, so be all in and get a story out there on the other side that doesn't make this as big of a deal. It's very easy to do. If you wanted to, if you're the Cardinals, instead of just sitting back and letting the media pick it apart as this is the Cardinals saying you don't work hard enough away from practice in the facility. Well, the, the other thing, it. the other thing there too, who do you go to for the definitive tone of the franchise in Arizona? Is it Kime or is it Kingsbury? Because it's it can't be both. It's not both. Um, there's one guy that speaks every day and one guy that is required to speak every now and then to the to the press corps. Yeah, in season it should well, this be is, it should be Kingsbury. Kingsbury defaulted to the front office. Yeah, this yesterday. is a but this is totally a Kime question. It's got to be on him to say it, not Kingsbury. Kingsbury's not in their drafting contracts. So I mean, I believe Kingsbury when he says, "I'm not working out the well, language of contracts." He's not drafting contract. contracts, but he it's his offense. He's, got he, he's the play caller. He's the guy that needs the quarterback studying in he's order to one, be prepared for the, what guess. he's drawn up. Like you're saying. Yeah. Either way, it was a terrible game plan that he put together. I like Kingsbury to study more on that game plan he put together against the Rams. Yeah, it was bad. But they weren't. I mean, they're not beating the Rams on that last year in that setting. I don't think. Kyler should uh, respond by saying, you know, uh, in the four hours I've been studying this week, uh, other receivers that will come in to replace Hopkins while he's out for Kirk. six games. And Kirk, yeah. I don't love what I've seen in my four hours of study from our other receivers. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's that's what he should there. do. He should turn it into a joke the rest of the season. That'd be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, uh, what Kingsbury hindsight, would have it would have been great if he just says, oh, yeah, it's also in my contract that I have to study four hours a week. I like. It, I'm not Just play it off and move on. I'm not Kyler Murray's agent, but I'd be working that deal for four hours of football, a podcast with uh, Kyler Murray right now, where it's just four hours a week in the off season, and that's it. And that's his that's his podcast, four hours on. What something. else do we do more than four hours a week? That's just very simple. Like just that's what I'm comparing this to. It's not that much. It's really not that much uh, of time at all there. Which again just makes it even stranger that they would feel compelled to put it in the contract chad i need you to then get it one glass of water per day in order to work i don't here. drink enough water i'll tell you that much my doctor says the same thing i need to be more hydrated hit us up on social media with your take at outkick 360 we're going to hydrate during the break and then uh the the always ready and prepared and study and well studied is trey wallace of outkick.com with the sec we'll dive in on all of the southeastern conference news and notes coming up should we start with drinkwitz uh, that's I, I wanted to ask a question about. We'll start with old yeah. Eli. Eli. Elijah. Eli. Is it Elijah or Elias? I think it's Elias. I think you're right. <laughs> I, like I think Elias. it's actually Elias. I prefer Elias. Yeah. No S. That's Elia. Elia. Right. There you go. I, I don't like that. Aurora <laughs> NutriScience is something we like. VitalLifeScience.com is the website. VidaLifeScience.com. It's where you can see more information. Our Outkick 360 season ticket holders receive 15% off with the discount. The code is Outkick360 for all of the great supplements they have for you. The vitamin C, the D3, curcumin, and more. 
Typical pills and capsules, not well absorbed. In fact, most are only absorbed in small, very small amounts. Your digestive system breaks these pills down until there's little left for you to benefit. But here is Aurora, unique, cutting-edge, nutritional, and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. Visit VitaLifeScience.com for more info. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360. V-I-D-A. VitaLifeScience.com. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Trey Wallace is with OutKick.com. We're talking SEC headlines on OutKick 360. Trey, Eli Drinkwitz did not make major headlines a week ago at SEC Media Days, but he did whenever he joined Jim Rome, roasting Tennessee over recruiting and recent recruiting violations. Uh, quite the big talk for uh, Coach Drinkwitz, who lost by quite the big number last season. Yeah, Jonathan, good to join you guys. I, I found it interesting. I mean, he, he said he was going back and he was looking for a win. Uh, that maybe Tennessee would vacate, uh, which was kind of interesting. And, and like, I, I understand, like, the, the Tennessee fans are like, oh, why is Eli Drinkwood's talking about us? But it was it was brought up, and, like, you know, he's really making fun of Jeremy Pruitt yeah. and his wife for being involved in these recruiting uh, violations at the NCAA allege. I, you know, you got to have off-season headlines. I think that's the big thing. Um, at least do a little bit of talking. Eli Drinkwood's is not scared – uh, to to kind of go out and, and and make fun of others. I mean, you, you guys all remember. <laughs> I love it. I mean, you guys remember. Well, when, when remember when they beat Florida in overtime, and he comes out, you know, with his coke can and his dark dater, yeah. uh, you know, little stick, and he says, you know what, may the force be with you. Uh, and, and I know, I know, lightsaber. Uh, but he pretty much took the final shot at Dan Mullen after he was fired. So Eli Drinkwitz is not scared to mess around in the SEC. Just better start winning. I mean, are are they? Is there any threat of them winning uh, this year or anytime soon? Like that's the weird thing about it is I maybe he's got some quiet confidence for a reason that I, I don't understand. But I don't look at their roster and what they have coming back and see anything better than a spot ahead of Vandy uh, in the SEC East. Is, is this a team that's going to improve this year? I mean, Chad. I, I, look, when you lose somebody like Tyler Brady at running back, uh, you, you're taking away most of your offense. Like, I, I understand that they have Cook and they've got Macon at quarterback and Sam Horn, who's still dealing with some stuff with MLB if he comes in. But, but I, you know, I, I think Missouri is just going to be, you know, right above Vanderbilt. They're going to be, there's so many, I think, potentially good teams in the SEC East this year that I think that Missouri is going to be that one that's sitting towards the bottom with Vanderbilt just because of the way their schedule lines up and what they lost on offense. It's hard to replace one of the top running backs in the Southeastern Conference. And, and when you were getting so much production from him last year, good luck trying to replace it. They we'll did, see. They did win three conference games over the backstretch after getting boat raced by Tennessee and Georgia. And the Kentucky game was among the top games in the conference, just possession for possession. 
early in the season. So uh, they're, they're going to be competitive in the middle tier. I'm with Chad and you, Trey, that they ultimately, I, I would predict them, I would vote them up just ahead of Vandy. But I think that they get there in a much different way than the way Vanderbilt will get to the bottom of the SEC East in that regard. That, I think they'll be more competitive because I just watched them be more competitive than what I thought well, they would be. Two games early, Trey, that they, they host Louisiana Tech, who I believe is terrible coming into this year on a yeah. Thursday night. But then they go to Manhattan, Kansas to take on Kansas State in week two. And then their first SEC game is at Auburn in, on September 24th. So two games in September that, to me, look eminently winnable yeah. for, for Missouri that – if they get those two, they're four and zero, oh, and and look out. If they lose both, then maybe the opposing coach is going to be wearing the Darth Vader helmet in the post. <laughs> well, you go, go, hey, go to, go to Kansas State, pull out a win, and then go down to Auburn. And we don't know what Auburn's going to look like. Like, you know, they, they've got Penn State coming down uh, to Jordan Hare Stadium. You know what? What's Auburn going to look like a quarterback? Are they going to roll with Zach Calzada, TJ Finley? That one is going to be intriguing to me. So if if Missouri can can somehow sneak in there, you know, play well on offense, that that's a game that potentially is winnable. But like you're going to see a lot of these SEC games this year where you would say, "Oh, well, this might be a blowout," but it turns out to be a really good game. I think you're going to see that this season, and and one of those could be Missouri playing Auburn. You wrote an interesting piece about how we're maybe not that far off in revisionist history from seeing Stetson Bennett. Uh, actually sued up for Billy Napier at Florida right now. Give us the backstory on that one. Yeah, you know, it was very interesting. Uh, when, when Stetson Bennett was at Georgia uh, that first year, you know, he was running scout team, um, and, and he decided, look, I'm, I'm not getting any playing time here. I'm going to go to Jones County Community College, which is, guys, if, if you've watched Netflix, you know, Last Chance You, that first two or three seasons uh, in scuba, Mississippi, that's pretty much what Stetson was dealing with, but on a lower scale in Jones County. But he put he put up some impressive numbers in like five games, and and Billy Napier was intrigued. And he Billy Napier was at Louisiana Lafayette, Louisiana now, but Louisiana Lafayette at the time, and he wanted him to come play quarterback. And uh, and if it, he was all going to sign, and I've talked to a couple people about this on the Florida staff now that were at you know Louisiana at the time, and. Uh, he was in the bag. It was done. Uh, he was going to sign that morning. And then Kirby Smart gave him a phone call. And they had been staying in connection, you know, a little bit. But they called him up and said, hey, man, you want to come back to Georgia? And and the interesting part about this is, you know, his coach at the community college told him, don't go back to Georgia. You, you're going to go back and you're going to ride the bench and you're going to be playing behind Jake Fromm. Uh, don't do that. Go to Louisiana where you can pot- potentially be a starter. And uh, you know what? It, it's, that's a bit of – it was his dream to play in Georgia. I think he would have gone back there either way if Justin Fields wouldn't have left that December. I think everybody remembers when Fields left and the quarterback room got a little interesting. And Bennett goes back, and, and look what happens. I mean, three to four years later, he, he led Georgia to a national championship. So I, I look at what Stetson Bennett done and has done in his journey – Man, it just makes the story even better, guys. And I, and I think that's the biggest part of, of when you look at him. And um, this is going to be an interesting season for him because everybody knows what to expect out of Seth and Bennett this season. So how do defenses attack him? I, I think this is one – it could be intriguing for Georgia. There may be that. I, I'm potentially seeing a loss or two in there for the Bulldogs. Trey, I haven't had a chance to talk to you since Tennessee received their notice of allegations from the NCAA – and while there's 18 level one violations in that report, 
both sides are sort of gushing over the other one. You know, the NCAA saying this is the standard for how an institution should handle it. Tennessee handed over six or seven major violations that the NCAA didn't uncover on their own and gave it to the NCAA. Danny White's coming back and saying, we've done our due diligence. This is how you handle it. Now we're ready to move forward and not punish future and current student-athletes. So with all of that out there, what are the odds that the NCAA comes back and gives Tennessee anything approaching the significance of a bowl ban moving forward, or is this going to be a minor addition to what Tennessee's already self-imposed? I think that's pretty slim in talking with some folks of the last couple of days over at UT and then one or two folks uh, within the NCAA uh, for Tennessee getting a, a postseason ban. Um, I think, you know, Tennessee has done really well in trying to stay out in front of the NCAA and at least letting them know. I mean, last season, they went almost two months without hosting an official visitor on campus. Uh, they cut back on what Jai Chapo and his staff could do when it comes to off-campus recruiting. Tennessee, Tennessee got ahead of this. They, they, they put a lot of restrictions in when it comes to recruiting, staying up below that 85 number. And, and I look at it and I think it's smart. I mean, it, it, you know, going forward, I think Tennessee is going to stay under the 85 number. I think they're going to keep some scholarships back and they're going to say, hey, you know, NCAA, this is what we're doing. And by the way, Tennessee is in constant contact and letting them know what they're doing when it comes to restrictions. I, I think when you look at it overall, you know, the, the number of level one violations are very interesting to me. Um, I thought it could be a lot worse, to be honest with you. Um, but I think that what they found, and this is very key when it comes to Tennessee in this investigation, what they found after that month and a half period, you know, middle of November, all the way up until they, you know, they fired Jeremy Pruitt. They found a lot more after that period. And I, and I think that, and it's because they brought in a law firm to handle this type of stuff, but they found more to put on top and on top of what they had already discovered from Niedermeyer, from Pruitt, from Shelton Felton, other members of the staff, recruiting staff. And it came down to it where, you know, guys, they were, they were pretty much running a hotel scheme, uh, the local hotel here in town. Uh, they're paying players. Jeremy Pruitt's wife is is involved in paying players. Like they're going to punish the folks that were involved in this. I don't think they're going to come as hard on Tennessee. I think Tennessee has done well enough to keep themselves above this little byline right here and say, okay, we've done our due. Now you go handle Edemeyer Pruitt, Casey Pruitt, if you like, Shelton Felton and others. So I, I, I Everybody thought the plan at first to like say, hey, NCAA, here's everything we got, have at it. Everybody thought that was a little sketchy at first, but it turns out it could be actually working out in Tennessee's favor. Trey, we're about to get uh, cranked up with the SEC practices, just like we have training camps going on across the NFL. Is there a quarterback battle that you feel like is above the rest? We've got one at Texas A&M, Auburn, LSU is intriguing because they're talking about four guys right now in the mix. Um they haven't named a starter at South Carolina, but I think we know it's Rattler, so I'm removing that from the list. Maybe I shouldn't. You could tell me. Is there another one that you would put up there, and which one are you most intrigued to, to follow on a daily basis? You know, you just brought up South Carolina. Shane Beamer said today that Luke Dottie is healthy. Um, I don't really think that's going to matter. I think Spencer Rattler is your quarterback this season for South Carolina. You know, the one that intrigues me the most is what's Jimbo going to do down in College Station? 
with Haynes King or are you going to roll with Max Johnson, the transfer from LSU? Like, you know, this is a season where they have got to continue taking the right steps in that direction towards, okay, the college football playoff or, or battling for that spot in Atlanta. And I think it's so key for Jimbo to not screw this up because, you know, it, it's not his fault that Haynes King got out there and got hurt last year against Colorado. And then Zach Calzada comes in, and they limp their way, and then they beat Alabama, then they lose to Mississippi State. You can't have that this season. Their schedule lines up pretty nicely for, I think, personally, for for them to get 10 wins. Um, They they could potentially beat Miami in the month of September. Their quarterback battle intrigues me. I, I want to see what Jimbo does under the pressure here and puts, you know, does he go with what he was going to do last year with Haynes King? Or does he say Max Johnson? Boy, this kid's got a lot of talent. He could come in here and lead this squad. That's where I'm going to be watching. You know, I, I think the other one is what does Brian Harson do at Auburn? Does he roll with Calzada or does he roll with TJ Finley? Personally, I think it's going to be Zach Calzada. Uh, once they get through with fall camp, we'll see what Auburn does. I don't expect them to win over six to seven games this year. Um, so that's kind of a hit or miss situation. And then you, you know you kind of you kind of look around the conference, and besides LSU, you know there's a lot of teams that are pretty much settled, and and, and we haven't seen that a lot in previous yeah. years, where like they're they're pretty much settled at quarterback, you know. And I think the biggest thing is okay, preparing your backups, having them ready to go is going to be key for me. And you know we we start off, you know it's crazy that we're sitting here we're talking about this now. So on Sunday, I'll head over to to Tennessee's campus. And we'll cover them for media day. And, and it's crazy to think last year we were talking about, well, Joe Milton's going to be the guy. Joe Milton's going to be the guy. And then Lyndon Hooker turned out to be the guy. I think you just need to watch that around some of these schools um, and, and see how it plays out over the next four to five weeks. Uh, we'll be at Kentucky next week as well. Uh, Will Levis is the man up there. So some interesting battles you know, around the conference. And a lot of them, to be honest with you, are coming out of the SEC West. Trey Wallace, Outkick.com is where you can find the college football headlines and SEC discussion. Trey, thank you as always, man. Man, that went fast. Thanks. Guys, I appreciate it. Have fun interviewing Bobby Lashley. I'm kind of jealous. And have fun at SummerSlam this weekend. The Almighty is coming up in a little over 15 minutes here on the show. We've got Bobby Lashley, Armando Salguero, and much more. We've got plenty of NFL headlines and a Withrow family member who is about to play on national television. We've got details on that next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. WWE SummerSlam this Saturday. Bobby Lashley will join us in 10 minutes. Chad caught up with him earlier today in a good chat. He's in town. Their, their schedules amaze me. He's in town already. They're, they're actually... WWE's holding tryouts at the Wild Horse Saloon all week. Chad, you going? 
Um, no. And then I, need, I need to get in better shape. <laughs> they've got After that, you and lose then, your 15. Yeah, there they're you go. going to Atlanta and then back to Nashville. So we've got some Friday night in Atlanta? Yeah, Friday night SmackDown on Fox in Atlanta live. And then they'll be back here. It's a... I'm surprised no. they've got. I, I mean, the same guys who are wrestling Friday night won't wrestle Sunday. Oh, will yeah, they, they will. Dang. Saturday. Saturday. Saturday, yeah, Saturday night. night is the event. It'll be the next day. I'm surprised by that. It's I crazy mean, they got to turn a full around. calendar. That's Most of the time, sure. like they're they're smart about it though. Just it, what I've noticed, uh, they will not wrestle the night before a pay per view, so there's no like last minute injury. It's like a preseason game for the regular season game the next night. So they set up a promo, you know, and build the match. That's what they'll try to do anyway. I don't know about Lashley, though. We'll find out. Chad catches up with him in 10 minutes. Um, you can also catch a Withrow family member on national television in what is a run for a championship of the ages. This is not, not quite a Withrow, but uh, I'm I, calling I, him still, Withrow. I still claim him. Elisha Knight, uh, my first cousin, Nathan, who if you're watching, you can see the family right now. Andy not pictured in that. Nathan's awesome lovely range. wife. He's really mugging but it up Elisha here. is Nathan's youngest son, and he is with Northwest Little League in Washington, D.C. My cousin Nathan is a pastor in the city of Washington, D.C. They won the, and my cousin Nathan puts the air quotes around it, he says, the state championship in Washington, D.C. because the District of Columbia being a state for Little League purposes. Okay, uh, And this was... Crazy thrilling for me to watch. We had some downtime in Nebraska. My cousin sent a link to a game probably four games ago in this tournament to watch. And that's one of the amazing things that I think really came out of COVID was the ability to watch other family members' kids play sports uh, online. I mean, I'm sure it was happening before that. But it connected to it game really brought or that, like that in. Yeah, it was, it was some app. We, it was a Wilson Live on YouTube. We watched his games. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, the semifinal and championship, we watched start to finish the entire game. I watched all six innings last night. Elisha's team, Northwest Little League, beat Capital City 3-2. to two. Thrilling finish. They're up 3-1 to one going in the bottom of the sixth inning. They get bases loaded, no one out. They end up getting out of it. And one plays a play at the plate where there's a close tag and he's out for the second out. There's sort of a, ju- a leaping catch in right field for the final out of the game. It was awesome to watch. Congrats to Elisha Knight and his Northwest D.C. Little League teammates. They now move on to, it's actually the Little League World Series they're playing in, but not Williamsport. They're playing for the Mid-Atlantic Region title, and there's four teams involved. D.C., my cousin's team, plays Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania State Champion, Sunday, August 7th at 9 a.m. Central Time, 10 a.m. Eastern, then they get the winner of Delaware and Maryland. So then the winner of that Mid-Atlantic region will be where you see them on big ESPN, ABC, in Williamsport at the Little League World Series. I'm pumped up to watch and have the game called by professionals uh, for my cousin Because you're Elisha. watching a wide-angle view that just shows you everything. I'm watching behind week. home plate. Yeah. You know, it's and pinned it's, up it's on right, the, on it's the right there. Do they uh, have... it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. And what's really cool about this team I was texting with my cousin Nathan, his dad, this morning. You saw in the photo there. He said they have either practiced or played a game for six consecutive weeks straight. Not one day off, this team. And it's amazing to see how much they've improved. After they won the state title last night, their head coach said, all right, guys, great job. Celebrate. You get tomorrow off. And instead of applause, there was a sigh from the entire team. They wanted to get back out and practice. The next day, they wanted to be together. 
and continue practicing, getting ready for what is now over a week away where they're going to play in Bristol, Connecticut, is where they move to now to play to go to Williamsport. Do they have any birth certificate bombers on this roster that are going to have no. to prove their age when so, they get there? Some, a couple of their opponents, uh, Hutton, had a couple bombers up there that I'm thinking, this kid uh, looks like he may have his kids of his own. <laughs> That's playing. He looks to be There's about 30 years old. One. There's always that one I'm telling you, sixth though, grader. That... Elisha's team is, and Nathan, his dad, who was a great baseball player, says really just a good group of kids that's all steady. Like there's no real superstars. They're all just good baseball players. They don't have anyone that's gigantic out there. They all look like 11- and 12-year-old kids. They're all good baseball players. It's a, it's a fun team to watch and follow. But it's, I've had a lot of fun. It's funny. I was at a tryout for Simon last night, which is so far away from what you're talking about. And I was sitting there listening to some dads who were just yapping the whole time. And I was thinking, I just love watching him play. Like, this is a somewhat intense thing. He's performing under pressure, fielding ground balls and, and getting six swings at a time, throwing 10 pitches at a time. There's nothing to it. And I'm loving this. Yeah. And it's, it's so far removed from what you're talking I love watching kids play baseball. I, I do too. I, I really, I, I sent a text to the whole family. You know, the family text chain's going crazy with everyone watching. Three or four different That's states awesome. represented watching Elisha play. And I got so nervous in that last inning because this kid was dealing the whole game and started to struggle. I'm thinking if they lose, he had 17 pitches left that he could throw by Little League rules. They let going you finish the last batter, ace. I think. Well, he threw that and they brought in a new guy who got out of the inning after the starter finally struggled, not until the last inning. But when that ball's in the air and that right fielder is under it, I'm thinking, if he doesn't catch this, the game, their season is over. And they lost in the championship. And he caught it, and Northwest Little League moves on. We're all fans. We'll be watching. Yes, we will. The very latest NFL headlines with Armando Salguero in 25 minutes. When we return, WWE United States champion Bobby Lashley joins Outkick 360.